Welcome to another edition of Footstock, the podcast dedicated to FIFA Ultimate Team Trading. I'm Matt Aguilera. I'm Matt Metzlamhorn. And this time, we've got some big news for you, actually. Uh, this is going to be the last Footstock. And it's not because me and uh, Matt have fallen out or we've gotten into a gay relationship and moved out to the Isle of Man together. It's because bigger and better things are happening for us involving FIFA Ultimate Team. Yeah, that's right. Our run as Footstock has sadly come to an end. But we just wanted to say a big thank you to all those who have subscribed to the podcast over the course of the FIFA 15 season. It goes without saying that the reaction that we've had to what we've been doing has greatly exceeded our expectations. We've had a lot of fun doing it. But a few avenues have opened up for us which will allow us to do bigger and better things with the podcast in the future, which we're going to go into now. That's right. So it's not going to be Footstock, the podcast dedicated to FIFA Ultimate Trading. We're going to be part of Foothead, the world's biggest FIFA fan site and Ultimate Team database. And we're going to be doing their podcast with the same kind of formula, except we're going to have the backing of Foothead and access to their creative team. And we're delighted to be part a part of it. Um, so again, to echo what other Matt was just saying, it's amazing that this has happened. Um, it couldn't have happened if we didn't get the reaction that we we have had from you guys and your support. And we're looking forward to bringing you even better content than we did last time with the help of the Foothead Network. Yeah, it's really exciting times for us. I'm sure it's going to lead to the podcast being bigger and better than ever. And again, a big thank you to all those who supported us. If you hadn't got behind us and believed in the project that we've been doing and showed such great enthusiasm for it, then we wouldn't have come to Foothead Detention, which subsequently would, wouldn't have allowed us to make some of the great content that we've done so far this season, but would deny us the opportunity to make some extremely exciting content for FIFA 16. So, without further ado, this is the last Footstock, and it's going to be a noble episode with a wrap-up of most of the FIFA 15 stuff that really, we could have done this a few weeks ago because FIFA 15's been on its arse for, for a little bit now. So what we're going to do now is talk about what we've been up to with the teams of the season. So right now... Uh, we're both playing the MLS Cup, and Matt Lamborn has just pulled an absolute monster in the shape of David Villa, haven't you? That's right. We've just been opening a couple of uh, 50k packs just on the back of a decent day's worth of trading. Get David Villa team of the season first go, so we're just going to call it a day there. No more spunking on the 50k packs. <laughs> going to try and win the MLS Cup a couple more times with him and then try and flog him for a decent amount of profit on the pack that we paid. I think he goes for about 150 to like 175k. So that's money well spent on a 50k pack, if I do say so myself. Have you actually enjoyed Team of the Season this year? Um, In general, no. I don't think they handled the bravado and the build-up for Team of the Season as well as they have done in previous years. If you remember, we pretty much know what time of year to expect when team of the season is going to drop based on how it's gone in previous years however they seem to be very slow in getting it off the ground due to security concerns in the trading system and whatnot so we were subjected to weeks of legend cards which weren't terribly relevant players that no one got terribly excited about and then they slowly trickled out team of the season after the season had finished which is a little bit too late in my eyes. So it was a, a poor attempt to keep FIFA 15 going um, a little bit too long in my eyes. But on the flip side of that, some of the tournaments around Team of the Season have been great. As like every week or so, they've been having a, like an all-one-nation cup. And I really enjoy playing those. It allows you to get a little bit creative with um, your squads. 
and provides some good trading opportunities. So I always enjoy those, and, and I'm enjoying the MLS Cup as it stands right now. Yeah, the cups have been great, which is one thing that I've been saying for a long time now. The cups just haven't been haven't been as creative, or they haven't been as as challenging to make teams for. But we've had all we've had like I mean I remember the other day we had like silver Spaniards, bronze blokes, yeah. you know, like real things that challenge you to find a really good squad within your current slew of players that you have. So I've been enjoying playing the teams and things like that, but I must confess my attention is now waning and I'm ready for FIFA 16 to kick in and us get started off creating our teams, looking at trading opportunities, seeing what we can build up and see him get Ronaldo first, to be honest, because yeah. one of us got to get Ronaldo. Uh, that one, one point is, neither considering how much me and you have spent this year, on Ultimate Team, neither of us have got a Ronaldo. That's right, I, I did. Or a Messi, I did £700 worth of packs on, on day one with EA Access discount, but still, it's a lot of money on packs, in the hope that I would get Ronaldo and I was doing Twitch streams, saying no sleep to Ronaldo. That was how this whole sort of um, Footstop podcast got off the ground as, as a, a throwback to that particular project we were working on. And we got nowhere near... Um, I don't think I, I packed too many elite players for so there's no Messi's, no Ronaldo's, no Robin. I did I really bad this year, <laughs> to be honest. I've pa- I packed a few players over ninety, but most of my team of the season ones are ones where you know I don't see them as the same really. Like yeah. they, they, it's easier to get a team of the season Sanchez, even though he's a ninety-three. Yeah, but, well, the value's already down at that point. Exactly. So it, packing a team of the season elite isn't the same as packing Ronaldo on day one. No. Because that would set you up for the whole season then if you were to sell it on. Unfortunately, we didn't have that option. But never mind. Uh, We started a lot of fun in the transfer market. And when it came to opening packs full team of the season, if you recall, I had a a particularly sick run with the BPL Mm. team of the season where I got about 10 of them uh, in very quick succession. Now, none of them were particularly worth anything, but if this was a normal run of opening packs, I was on a tremendously sick run. So that was pretty exciting uh, and probably the most fun I had opening packs the whole season. And I found opening Team of the Season cards actually a lot of fun because I, I packed a lot of monsters like Team of the Season Sanchez, Terry, uh, Griezmann. Mm-hmm. I got, got loads of good players. Pogba, just loads and loads of good players. Having said that, it'd be good for us now to look back on FIFA 15 and look at the... Uh, the highlights, which it's been, it's caused us some quite a kind of, uh, it's been quite a conundrum for us actually to think of highlights for 15. Yeah. Because even though we've talked about it all year and we've been doing a podcast for nearly six months, we really, I would say, I didn't even, really even enjoy FIFA 15 that much. Yeah, I think the problem we've had is that we had most of our highlights prior to when we started recording the podcast, which was early 2015. Um, I had most of my fun in FIFA prior to the start of the podcast. So it's not related to the fact that recording the podcast, it's just things started to shift very quickly in terms of the introduction of price ranges and various other things that were going on in the FIFA 15 ecology in general. Um, but we have managed to claw out some highlights and there are some very positive things to look back on this year, which we're, we're going to go into. Um, one of mine in particular was the very early season transfer market inflation. Oh yeah, I remember this. Prices of informs, in particular, went through the roof only a few weeks after purchasing them. Um, Now, if you're a trader, this is a dream come true. I remember, for instance, uh, purchasing someone like the left wing informed uh, Alexis Sanchez Mm. for 180,000 coins. 
and moving him on for more than two million, and I did that several times. Yes. Um, the ability to be able to get into the informed market during the week of release, and then a couple of weeks later being able to move them on for ten or twenty times their initial value was amazing. And at one point, I had a twenty-five million coin balance. Did you? I, I did. Yeah. Um, because I wasn't really buying any big plays other than those that I wanted to move on. I had a spreadsheet of all the informs I had, which was over 200, and what I bought them for, what I sold them for, and I was massively up, massively up. Then came price ranges, and that kind of put a stop to that, which made it arguably fairer for Joe Average to get involved in buying some better players. But as we've seen further down the line, Traders have got into the habit of buying all the particular player to artificially boost their price range slowly over time, which negates EA's argument of introducing it in the first place, which was to allow people more access to the elite players they couldn't get previously. Well, it was always you can get cracked in some way. There's always opportunities to be found. Obviously, it's just made it a little bit different because there's no open market anymore. It's not a free market that's uh, going to cause some people some... Uh, consternation there who are socialists and things like that but it, but it's true it's not a free market anymore um for me highlights were um i really enjoyed the paddy cup i know you got really overexcited about it matt when mm-hmm. we uh were doing the the, uh, the paddy cup quite a lot um it was a bit sad that they didn't include northern irish players because i'd bought alex bruce especially <laughs> yeah we, we were we were running a a racketeering ring <laughs> on buying really? inform Alex Bruce, who's a silver centre back who plays for Hull City, and because he's Northern shit. Irish, we were expecting Northern Irish players to go into the Paddy Cup as they have done in previous years. EA for some reason chose to exclude them this time, so I still made money on them, but I had a big load of stock left when the Paddy Cup hit, <laughs> and we couldn't get rid of them. So that was a shame. But we still made money, so that's okay. Yeah, and we had green cards, which basically you could pull Stephen Ireland in a pack who was worth nothing, and he could go. He was going for like about five grand or something. I packed Stephen Ireland on the first day of the the green cards and sold him for twenty five k. Twenty five k. Yeah. Oh my god. I got him and Robbie Keane um, from winning the Paddy tournament, so I've kept him. You don't have a pool. Yeah, I thought the green cards were a fun addition. Um, squad collecting cards has become very colourful this year. <laughs> yes, it has. When it used to be a wash of black and gold, now it's all colours of the rainbow. So a little bit of green in there was cool. But the Paddy Cup was a turning point for me in particular because I, for the first time in FIFA, found it difficult to really get on a good winning streak. I was winning slightly more games than I was losing, but I wasn't really satisfied with my win-loss ratio as a whole. But then the Paddy Cup came on, and I think I won it five times. It was a real turning point for me. I don't know if it was because I was being restricted to using some rather average players who I wouldn't normally use. Got me in, into a rhythm of how to play with not-so-good players and how to maximise the potential of the good players in the team. So you look at the, the Paddy Cup, you would use someone probably like Robbie Keane because he's one of the best players. But Aidan McGeady, five-star skill with pace, is your, is your standout player. Yes, in that cup, and I absolutely reveled with him. So that was really good fun. Paddy Cup definitely a highlight. Lots of creative uh, squad selection. Um, it did also include one of my lowlights, which I'll get onto a little bit later. But in general, that was a, one of the more exciting parts of FIFA 15 this season. Uh, if from coming from the podcast point of view, the highlights for me definitely were interviewing Chewboy, who 
uh, I fell a little bit in love with when I was interviewing. It's so. difficult to not like you, but yeah, he's he, infectious enthusiasm, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's a really, 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 really nice guy, and we'll be meeting up uh, next week for Man United Spurs together. So, um, yeah, he's back in the UK, so I'm really looking forward to that. And we just got on exceptionally well, and it was great to hear his story, and he was just so honest, mm-hmm. and I liked the depth that he went to, and he was very, very giving in that respect. And also the same for Tom and Dan. I mean, with, with Tom, he actually did, was filled in a guest spot, um, Tom from Foothead, um, as a, a co-host for us in an episode that didn't get, that didn't get a lot of plays, actually, to be honest. Um, and Dan, we actually did a full interview with, and me and him must have spoke for two and a half hours, which is where the idea for uh, for us to do Footstock as part of the, the Foothead Network came from, because I just said to him afterwards, what should, what should I do with foot, Footstock? And then I just said, you know, it would be a great idea if we did this together. And then it just it just went from there. Um, but his interview was, was awesome because he gave, like, so much, again, the same kind of, like, character, you know, so much insight, loads of honesty, answered every single question I put his way, uh, apart from I think one, <laughs> which about FIFA sixteen or something. Okay. No, that was Tubeway actually. He was when he actually joked that he had, the, it was breaking up and he couldn't hear me. So I think that was him yeah, very, pro- very, very politely saying but, no, um, no more. Those interviews, one were extremely interesting to listen to, but they were also a massive uh, highlight for us as the proprietors of this podcast, for lack of a better word, because it brought so many new listeners yeah. to what we were doing. We got an amazing reaction particularly from reddit so thank you very much for that guys and it brought a lot of um crowd to footstock that hadn't previously checked us out um that particular episode of chew boy did many many thousands of listens it did um so we were absolutely over the moon one with the contents of the interview it was really good between you and chew boy and the amount of people who got on board with footstock as a result of that so we were absolutely delighted and i think we go without saying that pretty much everyone who listened to that really enjoyed it. So oh, yeah, totally. It's something we want to do a lot more of going forward. Yeah, apart from the one guy who the very first tweet from Chewboy when he said that he'd just done an interview with us, the very first tweet he got in response was, fuck you, cunt. <laughs> yeah, standard <laughs> internet lols. Yeah, standard internet lols. But yeah, the overall fan reaction. Reddit's basically really driven us. Like It's like Reddit FIFA has been awesome, just everybody's been like really really cool with us and we've had loads of questions asked that kind of thing and the interaction we've had has always been premium we'll always be part of reddit fifa i check it every single day i don't tend to post every day but that's because you guys seem to come up with more interesting videos and, and animated gifs of uh, interesting things that happen in fifa than i could so we go from these highlights which me and you've nearly like shared a hug and had tears in our eyes during, during it <laughs> um we're going to talk about the low lights which will produce emotions maybe that look similar on the outside there have been some low lights during fifa 15 particularly haven't been any low lights for footstock um and i think the most controversial subject of which needs to be discussed right now in a a lot of depth because we've seen it now for a long time is price ranges Mm -hmm. positively it has affected the market and it means now you can buy plays for cheaper than you ever could before Mm-hmm. And you could say cynically that, well, it's just effectively lowered inflation because they're just as hard as to get because it's just as hard as to get the coins. Um, yeah, I kind of see it both ways. Um, but the main thing is, Matt, it effectively changed the way that we 
dealt with this podcast. There was just less training tips to pass on. Yeah, when we set out a mission statement, if you like, of what we wanted Footstock to be about, hence the name Footstock, it was all about the trading side of Ultimate Team. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to do it is because we were getting so many questions, one from our circle of friends or the internet community that we frequented on the Football 365 forum, for example. We were getting the same questions bombarded to us over and over again because we were successful traders. So we decided to do a trading podcast. Now, that was, the rug was proverbially swept from under our feet with that because of the implementation of price ranges. So hence why some of our output has been lacking in the last couple of months is the reason for our existence has been bled dry, if you like, by some of the EA's actions to try and add security to the product. Now, we're going to move away from being a purely dedicated uh, Ultimate Team po uh, podcast for trading to something that covers Ultimate Team more broadly in general, but also have a strong emphasis on trading as well, because there's still a lot of value to be had in the market, but it's just changed so dramatically from where we started. But there, there are positives, but I think more negatives to take from price ranging. I think it suits EA's um, cause more than it does the Ultimate Team players, uh, if I'm quite honest. Yeah, I mean, post-price ranges. I just don't like the way... It was very tacked on, wasn't it? So it's like the way you search for players and the way that you list players and stuff like that. That's the biggest negative for me, to be honest with you usability wise because mm -hmm. it obviously wasn't planned yeah it just came out of necessity i think that they'll get it right for fifa 16 and it'll be very interesting to see what happens in like the first month of fifa 16 trading when mm -hmm. there's you know we've barely got any kind of we haven't got the mainstream players yeah. playing it just yet i mean if, if we want to play devil's advocate and look at it from ea's point of view and i know most of our listeners probably don't want to look at it from this point of view because we're all interested in what we can get out of this product that we've paid for yeah but FIFA, the game itself, is worth far less in terms of the profit they make from every copy of it sold than the amount people are spending on packs within Ultimate Team. Ultimate Team's the money burner. It's the most popular mode by far, and it's the only way that they're going to grow their fan bases to make Ultimate Team better. So I can see why they think putting in a system that allows more players to own the big names is a good thing however i think the six months demo that we've had of that proves that that's not the case because instead of people buying all the big players and trying to drive up the, the market value by making them unobtainable yeah all they've done is create more elite players make them cheaper and then traders are buying all of them and making them extinct so many times we've seen in the last few weeks particularly the team we've seen, certain elite players are so cheap that everyone will buy them and there's just none on the market, which it will then just boost up the top end price range and allow people to make profit a little bit more slowly, but still doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, extinct cars has just been one of the worst parts about price ranges. Where, for example, when you would uh, come on a Wednesday, 6 p.m., you'd wait for the new team of the week cars. Literally, you won't see some of them. Yeah. Like, because people will get them and say. Because they're not worth selling. Yeah. It's like if you previously would spend let's say on the off chance 100k on packs on a wednesday evening at 6 p.m when the new team of the week come out occasionally you're going to pack one and you would probably make many many times your investment within the first hour of its release if you were to pack a decent informed play now if you do you're restricted so much that it's just not worth selling mm -hmm. 
because it's worth less than what you spent on Pax to get him. Took me like a week. I, I wanted to get an informed Mascherano. I think he was a team of the tournament release. Mm-hmm. Point being, he got released and literally took days to get hold of him. And he wasn't expensive, but because the market's no longer open, nobody could put, uh, could nobody can name the price. Yeah, effectively, would I have paid fifty percent more for him to get yeah. him? Yeah, you weren't allowed to price that player at the, the demand the market provided. Which means the seller loses rather than the buyers. I had a similar instance during the Copper America Final Cup, which was really good fun, um, where you had a combination of uh, Chilean and Argentine players. Good cup, that. It was a really good cup. Nice, creative, thinking outside the box stuff. But I wanted team in the tournament, Eduardo Vargas, one of our favourite players in FIFA 15. And you couldn't get him until that tournament was over. You know, unless you were sitting there pressing the refresh button on a concept player, trying to search him out. Who wants to do that, quite frankly? Oh, we're die-hard players. It's, gonna it's, do. it's the only way to get them, which is the, which is the sad part. And I hope that that doesn't belong in FIFA 16. Somehow there's a way of doing it so it doesn't happen. And I think because we won't have the same... We're not going to have inflation. It's not going to happen this time. Mm-hmm. With price ranges, there's no inflation. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there'll be no reason to like be hoarding players because people feel like as if they need to recuperate from their currency that they had in the beginning of the game yeah that's an opinion but we'll see what happens uh, aside from the price ranges then there was also the hero cards which mm, was novel i like the purple cards because lord knows purple is one of my favorite colors but uh it didn't seem to make that much sense really like the cards were very very like lame yeah output. i think it was a nice idea in theory the fact that you're gonna rather than have someone who's had one particularly good performance get an inform someone who's had a consistent season that's made a valuable contribution to their club's success uh, whether that's winning a trophy or staying in the league avoiding the relegation fight that sort of thing yeah however a lot of the players that were chosen were rubbish no one wanted it i can think of one or two um players that outside of that which would be someone like Hazard yeah but his team of the season card was coming anytime soon exactly so pointless yes and then the rest of them well who wants some centre back from a team that just survived relegation in the championship yeah it's very 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 niche and not somebody that you'd use to build a team yeah and I think compared to a lot of other informs that came out they were actually really rare so one you couldn't get them if you wanted them and two most people didn't want them anyway Again, no open market means that you couldn't name the price for them. Yeah. Simple as that. So So you certainly weren't going to open packs to get these players. It was just a bit of a bonus if you happened to catch one of them. But I think in general it was a, a desperate ploy on uh, FIFA's behalf in terms of trying to extract further money from the community prior to the team of the season, which was late coming yeah. to the market. Yeah, it was just. It seemed like it was a. It seemed like it was a quick idea, and uh, I didn't get any legends. I haven't bought any legends. It's as simple as that. Team of the season came around too quickly, and a lot of the cars that you wanted, like Hazard, for example, you were going to hope to get his team of the season instead. Um, other lowlights include FIFA 15 gameplay. So, let's talk about it pre-patch because I I literally thought it was the worst FIFA I've ever played. Yeah, I think there was a lot of people who got out of FIFA 15 for the first time in a few years because of how bad it was in the beginning. Now, I was fortunate enough to be involved in the beta for FIFA 15, 
And it was quite apparent at that point that things were looking pretty ropey. Now, you might say, Mets, it doesn't matter. It's a beta. It's not going to be yeah, the yeah. finished product. But I think by the time you get to beta, it should be close to the finished product and almost ready to be printed off. Whereas this was not. It was broken. And it got to the point where I just didn't want to play anymore. Normally, I'd be frothing at the mouth with the opportunity to get hold of FIFA. You're going to say before. something else then, weren't you? Chomping at the bit, frothing at the mouth, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I was really disappointed with it, even at that early stage. And when it was released, it was, the things just hadn't been sold, which were problems I with could, goalkeeping. I, yeah, I could be saying, you just literally said the goalkeepers are insanely bad. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and it's only marginally improved over the space of the last nine months since it came out. Um, particularly when we're talking about stuff like how they behave when you try and bring them out for a one-on-one. They just sort of stand there and watch people run past them. Yeah, their one-on-one ability, is useless. Yeah, their ability to save at the near post is completely compromised for some reason, or inexplicably. Um, There's the odd time that you do a header back to your goalkeeper map <laughs> and it bounces over them for some reason. Yeah. I mean, occasionally you get the, the odd fuck up and that's no big deal. It provides a, a moment of hilarity, perhaps. But there was just too many instances of, of frustration. And despite the fact that I've managed to not break any control pads this year, it's still perhaps been the most infuriating FIFA experience that I've had on the whole. And it has tainted my opinion of the franchise a little bit. I just hope that they've done something big to try and win people back for next year. I know Foothead guys have got hold of a copy that the just they had like a day where they got journalists together mm-hmm. and bloggers and showed them fifa and basically usually they get a list of content where they say okay so play the game but you need to ignore this 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 and this because it's going to be improved mm-hmm. there was no list given to them and they were basically just told pick up the pad and enjoy the game and all the reports have been that this is a very very good fifa that we're going to get and particularly one of the things that they keep talking about uh, is balance you must, you'll keep hearing in the the press releases and in all the videos like it's all about balance 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 and apparently it is a very very balanced game so hopefully we can talk about that more in the future but how fifa 15 was for example we could talk about the goalkeepers to, to the blue blue in the face the ai was terrible not good enough mm-hmm. no question even after a patch still not good enough near post still uh, near post shooting would still cause a problem but the other thing for example that I find like completely sickening every time I play it through balls mm-hmm. through balls don't work mm-hmm. like if you get into the final third and you do a through ball there's always that chance it's just it's just completely broken they only they only ever go powerful mm-hmm. and go too far and get swept up by the keeper like how do you get, how do you get go from something like that where in FIFA 14 mm-hmm. the passing was well, great I think some people would argue that through balls, especially aerial through balls in FIFA 14, was too OP. So I'm just talking about ground through balls, right. just so you know. Because so, aerial through balls still work. Yeah, if that needed to be adjusted in FIFA 15, that's understandable. What, However, what they did, instead of ma- making it less cheesy or sweaty to score in that manner, all they did was, well, you need a player over passing of X and you'll get the ball through every time. If it's below X, and I'm going to say something like 85 passing, then you just you pass just won't get there or, or roll through to the keeper far too often. So there was definitely tweaks, opportunities to make tweaks that simply weren't there. So they just decided that they're, they're going to concentrate on the market thing, try and fix that, and decided to not really invest a lot of dev time into fixing bugs within the game. Well, let's not say bugs, flawed yeah. 
attribute values to certain things in the game. So shooting at the near post, OP. Through ball passing, underpowered, if anything. Yes. And it's very interesting, like, finesse shots at the near post. Like, there's that whole, you could be going away from the goal. Hard to explain when you're not seeing it, but you're running away to the far post, Mm -hmm. like as if you're running past it, and then shoot to the post. Yes. You, you've seen it countless times. the keepers times. just fall over. Like, yeah, the keepers just fall over and you just finesse shot it and Alan Smith will say that it's it's, um, it's great the way he's fed it in then. That's always what he says, <laughs> which is always very annoying. Fuck you, Alan Smith. Yeah, fuck you, Alan Smith. So, yeah, the that wraps up the gameplay. Basically, I think for 15 was like, I still played it because it's still the best football game that's, that's out there, but under... I mean, before it was patched especially, I was ready to just not play it. I was just so completely disappointed. And I hope 16 initial reports seem to prove that it will be much, much, much better. But I hope it is better when I get my hands on it. Yeah. Uh, so aside from that, we still have downtime that's excessive on the servers. The EA servers still a hunt. Like, it's, it's crazy to think how many people play FIFA and how much money it must churn on a daily basis through FIFA points and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And still we've got servers that will go down on a weekly basis. Yeah, the amount of maintenance um, stops in the game that have been made this year are way over the top. And we're talking about downtime that isn't as a result of, say, Xbox Live or PSN problems. This is exclusive to FIFA Ultimate Team. And it's happened a lot. And when it has happened, it's sometimes gone on for hours and sometimes days. And people are investing one a lot of money in a copy of the retail game, whether it's digital download or purchase from a shop. And then the amount of money and time they put into opening packs and trading players and that all good stuff. And then you've had a long week at school or at work and all you want to do is play some FIFA at the weekend to chill out and you can't. And it's incredibly frustrating. Um, I don't think they've been very good in the time slots that they've given for maintenance. I think sometimes it's been during peak times. Yeah. Whereas before it would almost be exclusively in the night to inconvenience the fewest amount of players as possible. Uh, I just think they've created so many problems for themselves due to a lot of very quick and knee-jerk decisions they've made in trying to add security to the transfer system. And I'm almost willing to guess that that's been the root cause of most of the problems in FIFA 15 because they, they decided to start the game on a certain route and they changed it like you turned it in like January, February time and it fucked up things royally for a lot of people including themselves so one thing that we simply must have in FIFA 15 is a solid platform from day one it's going to go down occasionally they will need to do maintenance in order to improve the game on the odd occasion, we're more than fine with that. In fact, yeah, yeah, we yeah. encourage that, but it has to be kept to minimum. You know, they need their availability to be in the high nineties, and I just don't think it has been. No, for fifteen, it's it's always like, for example, there's always that. Uh, you know, you sit down, you put on ultimate team, you know, not to expect to get in, basically. Yeah. Like you'll just go, oh right, it's down again. Check Twitter, see what EA Sports FIFA said, mm-hmm. and then carry on with the rest of your life and play. Yeah. If you're feeling really bored, you play career mode. Mm-hmm. And then slight aside from that, I still know there's a lot of people who've had problems whereby they've had items stuck in the transfer list. You're one of them. I've, won, I've got some low-value shit, so it doesn't affect me so much. But I've had been affected by that, and mm. a lot of other people that have. How and why does that happen, and why is it so difficult to resolve? 
it seems to be a case-by-case -case thing. I did have one particular instance where I should pay tribute to EA support, whereby I opened a untradeable pack from winning the tournament, and I got an informed Cavani. Oh, right, okay. Was that Switch. the left-winger one? No, no, just the striker one, and I was really pleased with it. Added it to my club, went back the next day, and I couldn't find him. I raised a ticket with VA saying my Cavani's vanished. And they gave me his current max um, transfer range fee, which was 200,000 coins, as compensation because the card had just vanished. So I was delighted with that, went and bought another one, no problem. And then, as it turned out, I bought the new card and I had a dupe. And oh, that was because God. the untradeable card had gone to the back of my oh, did you not know? my gold queue. Did I just you not know it, that? it just didn't occur to me because yeah. you, usually you don't get really good cards as untradeables. Oh right. Geez. So then I sold the the new one on. So it essentially made got a free player and a shitload of coins out of EA. So you can't give them shit for everything. But that is, was a cool. Thing. Is this a brag that you've scammed EA? That's what it sounds <laughs> no, like. it's not because it was honest. But um, well, you just didn't do your research, did you? Yeah, it was dishonest. Shut up. Thumbs up. So how they resolved my particular problem with Cavani was, was great. So big thumbs up to EA support on that account. Um, I think that covers most of the lowlights. Yeah, it does. So for FIFA 15. So if we move back on to some of the more positive aspects that we've enjoyed. And there's been a lot of diversity in the types of cards you can get whether it's a particular favorite player you have has changed position when they've got an inform or just a particular informal team of the year team of the season player who's just been above and beyond expectation and has created some real good gaming highlights for you in fifa 15 so we're going to discuss some of our favorite cards so matt oh, yes. why don't you talk through your personal favorite five some of which are low value Others which are in the elite bracket. Okay, fine. So, the first one I'm going to talk about is Diaby, who's just gone to Marseille. Uh, I'm glad he didn't go to somewhere like Qatar once he got released by Arsenal. So, he's still going to be in the game. But he's just a very well-polished card. So, he's reasonably strong, reasonably pa at passing, a reasonably good shooter, and he's got reasonable dribbling. So, he's basically can form a cornerstone to pretty much any... Premier League side and any French side, so yeah. and I've always used him quite a lot. Um, in terms of another one that I've talked about a lot is Eduardo Vargas. He's the player I've scored the most goals with, despite the fact I've got Ronaldo and all kinds of amazing cards. I still think that Vargas is amazing. I actually prefer him to Aguero. You can say what you like, and it's especially his man of the match card, he's a team which got released at the team of the tournament, absolutely amazing, just awesome, go and buy Eduardo Vargas, whilst he still can, because he's not going to be around next season, he's gone to, has he gone to some, he's gone to some, like, UAE club or something, yeah, something so he's, like he's, out he's not going to be in the game anyway, yeah, so rest in peace to Eduardo Vargas, Rip. so the other one that I've used in lots and lots of teams is Inform Mello. Felipe Melo from Galatasaray. Just an amazing defensive midfielder. Um, he's always good, though, every year. He's yeah. super solid. Yeah, he is. He's always, always, always been great in Ultimate Team, despite the fact that he's had a not such a great um, career, especially when he went over to Juventus and then left. But um, if you're going to create like a Brazilian team or any kind of hybrid that involves Turkish players or Brazilian players, Inform Melo is just absolutely ace just just go and use him you'll see exactly what i'm talking about um 
the next two favourite cards, the team of the season cards, so it's a bit of a cheat. But Alexis Sanchez this time around, no matter if you're just getting his, like, his normal upgraded card as it is now, or whether you are getting his second in form, which is a left winger, he is really, really good. And his dribbling is... Well, there isn't any better dribbles. I think he's got like 98 dribbling or something like that on his team of the season card. He's pretty slick. And he's got really strong weak foot as well, so he's just deadly from everywhere. Yeah, if you can get the ball in front of him, you can run onto it and you can finish from anywhere. He's amazing. Um, my other favourite card is team of the season, Naldo. I basically think Naldo is the best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he, he's a six foot five, six foot six. Uh, centre back, which is great. He's got more than seventy. He's got his like seventy-five pace on his normal inf- his normal card. His team of the season has got like about eighty-two pace or something like that. He's got really high physicals, which bear in mind he's six foot five. So therefore, that him having yeah more, right? yeah. So even if he had low physicals, he'd still feel really good. But he's got massively high physicals. He's got ninety-nine head accuracy. He's got ninety-nine shot power. His free kicks are absolutely amazing. So. Mm-hmm. He is um, renowned in real life for long-range free kicks. So they're, if you're good at those in Ultimate Team, this guy's going to bang you in a few goals, no problem whatsoever, right? Yeah, he's he's just awesome. And also, if you use him in corners, he's just ace. So go out and buy Tila Season, Naldo. I don't even think he, he's not even 100,000 coins. He should be. He could be in the cornerstone of any team, like mm-hmm. any team at all. Just yeah. put him in there. And just to back you up on that one, Castro on Twitch reckons that team of the season Naldo is the best defender on the game I think he is and he's played with enough players to know <laughs> so oh, he's played a lot more than me let's put it that way so if he says so and we say so then you need to go out and get him right yeah definitely so how about yours then Mets okay um, my favourite player in the whole of FIFA 15 and it may be a little bit of a surprise to some people uh, is team of the year David Luiz now I managed to pack this card and I've kept it ever since, so I, it's a, a pack-pulled version in my club. And the guy's got a very good games-to-goal ratio <laughs> for a defender for me. It's more than, like, say, 2 in 10. I've got two of this year, David Luiz. I've packed him twice. Um, and, yeah, he's just, again, David Luiz and team of the season. Now mm-hmm. they are, you have the best defenders yeah. in the game. He's such a good all-rounder, though. I mean, he's a great centre-back. That you could play him literally anywhere on the field and he'll be affected because of his quickness, his strength, and his technique is outstanding. Um, I'm quite happy to play him as central midfielder, which, providing he's got strong chemistry links, will keep him at a 7 chem. I think that's more than plenty. Yes, or you can sub him on into a non traditional position if you wanted to. Plays well at cam. Centre mid, defensive mid, wherever, even up front, he'd be pretty good. If you were on like, all out attack and he comes up as a centre back, for example, swinging in a ball to him, mm-hmm. he can chest it down or head it or whatever. He's just ace. I've scored so many goals with him, one from free kicks, he's very good at those. Yeah. He's my chosen penalty taker. And you usually see him floating around the near post in the formations that I use. And if you just do a, just a little dink off a corner, <laughs> you'll bash people out of the way to get on the end of it. Some of the goals he scores must infuriate opponents because you're not the biggest centre-half out of the way, send them flying, and a power header at the near post is a beautiful thing to behold. So, team of the year, David Louise. Nice and cheap now. No excuse to not give him a, a try-out if you've not experienced him already. 
second on my favourite players list would be Paul Pogba. I've had lots of versions of this card. I've just recently acquired his team of the season one, but I'm yet to try it out. So I would say Pogba in any of his varieties, even the default 83 card is really, really good. So you've got an 84 improved gold card and numerous informs team of the season etc etc particularly with the latter team of the season you say you like playing him up front don't you because he's now got the pace as well as all the physical and technical attributes to go with it he's too good to play midfield if that makes any sense at all he's like he's just too good to play as a centre midfielder you either got to play him as an attacking midfielder or like a centre forward he'd be amazing in a it's a false nine but I don't tend to use false nines in this version but playing him up front because he's got all the strength and all the physicals, he's just like he's just an amazing striker. Just tr- do try it out. I would I would highly recommend it. I tend to agree that whilst his normal card made an excellent defensive midfielder, this team of the season version is too much of a goal threat to play the other end of the field. I think so. That's that's the point I'm making. He's just got too much. He's got too much going on now to play him further back. Yeah. You may as well try somebody else. But if we say. In a comparison perspective, if someone like Vidal is 85 rated, which I think is more than fair, and Pogba started this game at 83 and has had another marvellous season, got to a Champions League final, yeah. what is he going to be rated? <laughs> I think it's going to be like an 87 or an 88, yeah. surely. Yeah, and he's going to be a beast. Well, when you think the Iniesta was an 89 last season, mm-hmm. obviously he'll get downgraded because he's, yeah. he's not been shit, but he's, like, he's not certainly an 89 player anymore. No, but... Um, Pogba is probably the most coveted midfield player in world football at the moment. So we, I think it's a justifiable candidate to have a massive increase in his rating of the card. So it will go from 83 at the beginning of the 15 to at least an 87. I think an 88 is more than justified. And I can't wait to see what that card will be like in the next version of FIFA. Me too. Uh, next up on my list, personal favourite is a Stoke City supporter, Marco Arnautovic. So when I started the game this season, I was using a BPL team predominantly to to get into the swing of things. And this was a a shortage of quality left-sided midfielders outside of the elites like Hazard, for instance. So I was playing with more affordable players like Ashley Young and Marco Arnautovic. Now, I know it's a little bit newbie to talk about attribute cards, but because... On out of age, had such good technicals to begin with. It was just a little bit slow, and he was six foot three. If you put a plus ten gold attribute on, he basically becomes Ronaldo. And on out of age, is a lot fucking cheaper than Ronaldo. So I was destroying people with enhanced attributes, fine, but he's just so much fun to play. Four star skill, six foot three, bashes people away easily because most fullbacks can't compete with his physique and physical attributes. And is deadly uh, at sort of medium range. So Marko Nautovic was a, a personal highlight of mine, although I don't expect everyone to agree with that one, but that was just a novelty inclusion. One that definitely isn't a novelty inclusion, however, is Ignacio Abate, who I still think, even as a 74 silver, is the best right-back in FIFA 15. Over 90 pace, over 80 physicals, and... You can use him to attack like a, a right winger, and he's decent at shooting, although his card wouldn't reflect that. Right, okay. I've scored some decent goals with him. I think he's the most underutilised super card in FIFA 15. I hardly ever come up against him. Everyone uses Kyle Walker, who's a downgraded version of Abate, in right. my opinion. Because he's silver, right? Yeah. 
Does it? Walk is cheaper. Abate started the game very expensive, and I invested a, a big chunk of coins in him to make a Serie R silver team right at the beginning. But it was well worth it, and I still put him in any Serie R team I make, and he's my benched fullback in every team I make. He's absolutely brilliant. I've not. I've only used him as in the actual normal game, not on ultimate teams. I've not got him. Um, I don't know why I've never packed him, considering how many bloody packs I've opened. Um, but yeah, he's it's the pace plus physicals which you don't usually get. Yeah. Um, if he, and I would say um, the best right back I've used has been the whatever the latest version of Dan- Danilo. He's oh yeah, very, he's very 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 good. I prefer Carver Hall to Danilo personally, but good card. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But use use your last one. The last one. <laughs> and it's a guy I've championed all, all year. We've talked about him many times in squad builders that we've done. And it's Inform Vicente Ibarra, who's the defensive midfield giant from Sevilla. I've used him in so many different hybrids, uh, Liga BBVA teams, and the guy's just an absolute destroyer. Uh, he's very tall, extremely powerful, long shots all day. I think he's probably been bettered during team of the season with the um, Polish defensive midfielder who's also from Sevilla whose name escapes me but you know who I mean oh the Polish guy Kowalak or whatever his name is Krakowiak there we go yeah um, but before, up until then he was by far my choice for a dedicated defensive midfielder in, in the game and you could pick him up from the time he came out for about 10k and you still can now if you haven't tried him, give him a go. Uh, most people will be put off by the lack of pace. Um, Don't be. His position, he's, he's, he's always awesome. in the right. He's always in the right place. So the lack of pace, generally speaking, isn't a problem. And it's always good to have that physical presence in midfield or long ball outlet for your goalkeeper. He will win a lot of headers, score a decent amount of goals if you're good at long range shooting. Just a very good value, solid player, uh, and I'd recommend him to absolutely anybody. Shame we didn't get a team of the season card. Actually, I was, better, I was, I was hoping he'd get one. Yeah, yeah. Kakovi, I got it instead. That's fair enough. So, from favourite cards, we go to our least favourite cards, and these are ones that we have actually physically played with, and for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. So, do you want to go for yours first, Mets? Because you've got quite a interesting list. Yeah, and you'd be surprised by the high caliber of some of these players. I just didn't get on with. And the first one would be team of the season, Yankshire, who's a centre back from Mönchengladbach. And he's only about five foot five. Is he really? Yeah, he's very five small. Five foot five. He's he's okay, very I'm, short. I'm I'm taller than him. He's very very short, and unfortunately that is the undoing of him as a good player because even though his physicals look pretty decent, his lack of stature sees him get bullied around a lot by the elite strikers. So even though he has the pace to keep up with Aguero, he'll just bounce off him like a pinball. Oh, right. and it's just completely useless, unfortunately, and doesn't sell for a lot. So he's just a blank space in my club, doing not a lot, unfortunately. And the second one, slightly controversial, because I'm sure there's plenty of skillers out there who will disagree with me, but Neymar, even the improved version, didn't get on with. Um, I packed him several times during FIFA 15 and never played with it. Always sold him on for an uh, insane amount of coins. So when I got him more recently during... Uh, pack openings for team season. I decided to keep it and use it in my La Liga squad with Ronaldo and Bale up front. And it took me about ten goals, uh, ten games to score a goal. <laughs> it's just I just couldn't get him in a position to score goals. Um, I just think 
He's dead light. If he's he didn't, light if he didn't it. have five star skills, he'd be useless. Um, so for me, I would rather use someone like Gerard Delafeu. Really? Yeah, because he rinses people regularly. Um, but I don't get on with Neymar, unfortunately. Love him in real life. It's not a it's not a hate thing, but I just don't get on with him in FIFA 15. I've used him. I, mean, I even bought his second and form, which you know I sold it for quite a lot of coins when uh, he started to go extinct. Um, and I've found him good. But the one thing I'd say is his physicals are really low. Like he just gets knocked off the ball all the time so you've got to get a good clear run with him yes and that's where five star skilling comes in I'm sure yeah you've got to be make full Which use I'm not of great the five star skills it's different to Ronaldo who has the five star skills and physicals. But the physicals so if you fuck off you're still going to bash the full back out of the way a lot of the time Neymar can't do that so doesn't doesn't click for me but never mind next one James Rodriguez uh, particularly the team of the season one it's a good card I don't think he's as effective as he should be given his prominence in the last 12 months in real life. Um, the team of the season card that for me doesn't add tremendous amount of value to his already pretty decent normal card. So I bought this team of the season card for my main team. Didn't do much with it that I didn't think his normal card could do. So moved him on a few weeks later for a pretty decent profit to be fair, which was nice. But in general... I don't think the card is as effective as his performances warrant in the last 12 months. So, Hamez, not for me on this one. And another highly worldly player is Frank Ribéry, who, for me, isn't particularly good enough at any one thing to be an effective player in Ultimate Team, unlike someone, his counterpart at Bayern Munich, which is Arjen Robben. Yeah. He's not quick enough. He's not strong enough. His finishing's good, but not superb. So I find it difficult to really stamp his name on a game if I'm using him in a Bundesliga team, as an example. So again, for me, it's just not good enough. Nowhere near as effective as Marco Royce, as an example. You would always Marco take Royce. Much, much better. You'd always take Royce over Ribery, which is a little bit sweaty, but whatever. It's just one of those things. And the last one is more of a personal experience, and it's a terrible one. Now, this was part of our trading strategy for the, uh, the Paddy Cup. I bought a lot of the informed John Walters cards. Sold quite a few of them at uh, a hefty profit, but I had one for myself, for that team, and for my Stoke City team. And the guy looks like he has pretty decent stats for a silver centre forward. <laughs> 40, uh, 40 games, I beg your pardon, no goals. <laughs> it's just something all up. <laughs> He's got a good work rate, though. Yeah. Yeah, you do an honest shift for you. Yeah, Uncle Ian's like him. <laughs> yeah, certainly would. So, okay, what about your least favourite ones, Matt? Well, do you know what? A lot of mine are, well, all of mine are actually elite players. And between the pair of us, I think it's very interesting that we've got a lot of Real Madrid players. Just want okay. to put that out there. Yep. So my first one is second in form Benzema. Uh -huh. Specifically, the second in form. Um, I just didn't feel like there was really any boost with him. Um, I don't think much of Benzema this time around anyway. And I'd echo what you said about Ribery, so he's a good finisher, he's reasonably quick and stuff, but he's just, I don't know, he was just crap. So I got rid of him quite quickly and lost a load of cash on him. So yeah, second and form Benzema, what a waste of time you are. Um, Vincent Company is another one, which I believe, is he? he's an 86 rated uh, card. Got no informs, got no TNCs or anything like that, um, so he's the only one that's available. 
And I sold him on quite early, um, early on because he isn't like... He isn't like super duper fast. He doesn't feel that fast off the blocks anymore, even though he has got a reasonable pace, and he's strong and all that kind of stuff. But to be honest with you, Neda Manua was loads better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could buy a company for fifty k or a newer for six hundred. <laughs> well, yeah, you go for a newer every single time. Um, now, so, whilst we're on the subject of that, I think company's been pretty bad the last two seasons in real life. Yes. So do you think he warrants a? Chunky downgrade for FIFA 16. He's an 83 now, isn't he? Like he's mm-hmm. he's certainly a decent centre back, but he's not he's not elite. Yeah. And he like as in he is not the, one of the best centre backs. He's not in the top five. No. So you got Boateng, Ramos, Chiellini, Naldo. Yeah, I don't know because he's wonderful. But no company. No, no company because company's just like it's a bit of a thing to say. And I mean, is he still one of the best Premier League defenders? Probably. If he can stay fit. Yeah, like, for he example. He breaks down every couple of weeks. Yeah, so... Is, yeah. is he going to go the way of the Marlon? Yeah, he'll, he will he will keep downgrading, I think. Mm. Um, we'll, well, it's very easy to say that now, isn't it? Because we'll look like fools next season when he just comes out and basically just turns into Franz Beckenbauer. Like, just taking the ball and just playing it out from defence and just heading everything out. My other player that I am not impressed with and I've always struggled with him on this version for whatever reason. Is Tony Kroos? He's just gross, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting that one, weren't you? See what you did there. Yeah. Um, incredibly slow, and that's okay. But he's not a great dribbler, which isn't okay. And he doesn't have that for high physical stats. He isn't particularly yeah, that, strong. That, that's the key. I don't mind slow midfielders. If no, no, right. Got good physicals. Like someone like Schweinsteiger yeah, yeah, or yeah. Fellaini. Yeah. Is a perfect example. Can dominate the midfield without pace. Even, I prefer Wanyama than Buddy Kroos. He's shit. It's a good show. Um, I believe his team of the, the team of the year card he had, if you use that as a centre forward, is very, very good because it just works. That's what I've heard. I've not tried it myself. Yeah, I'm not sold on that one. <laughs> no, but I've just found Tony Kroos. Every can time you, I can use you him. see using Tony Kroos as a centre forward, false nine in Division 1? No, not at all. There you go. Uh, my next one is a controversial one a little bit I spent too much money on this guy I got a little bit enamoured of him because he was Brazilian and a striker and it was a position change which gives the game a great way slightly I'm sure uh, Inform Hulk fucking terrible just absolutely toss just he's because he's got hasn't got as much pace anymore mm-hmm. he's a good strong player and stuff but he, he hasn't he's not tall enough to be not quick Any if that makes sense striker, yeah. yeah but I, as you pointed out when I mentioned him before we were recording you've seen people like use normal Hulk and just crush it yeah. I'm sure he is very good but I certainly couldn't I certainly did not work with him very well no I, I'm I'm the same I witnessed people use the regular Hulk card sorted him on the right wing at the beginning of the game move him to striker by substitution and dominate I can't replicate it personally. No. He's not quick enough, tricky enough, anything. He's just not quite right for me. Um, and whether his stock has fallen enough in real life, I don't know. I don't watch the Russian League, but um, he's certainly not the prospect he was a couple of versions ago. Well, you you can't see, for example, somebody in the summer all of a sudden bidding for him who's like a top four side in Italy, Spain or England, can you? And no. Get taking him on. No. But, I don't know, if Benfica came in for him for like 10 million euros, you'd be like, oh, right, sounds about right, because Russia are having problems with their cash. But 
Yeah, if we inform Hulk, but I'm sure there's somebody out there just thinking I'm just a complete loser yeah. and don't know how to play FIFA. And you know what? You're probably right. Um, <laughs> my next one is another one where I'm probably going to get some people game like, what the fuck is second in form yet again, Diego Costa. Just, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. You, you could lump the ball into him and you'd think that hopefully you could just like finish anywhere. But honestly, I prefer inform Ben Teke. Go and get him instead. Much cheaper. But you made a lot of money on Costa, didn't you? I, I believe I did do that, yeah. I think it, I think I, I, I bought him for about 1.2, sold him for like 1.8, something like that. Mm-hmm. Made a fortune on him. But, yeah. but the point is... He was one of the last great inflation-affected players. Yeah, but the, the point is, though, I didn't enjoy using that at all. And as I say, genuinely, go and get him for Benteke instead. He's much, much better. And if you've seen his goal today that he scored for Liverpool... You, yeah, you, you can actually do that in real life. It's amazing. You, you haven't seen it, Max, have mm-hmm. you? No. He, he scored an amazing goal for Liverpool, which, yeah, he just chests it down and just follows it quickly. It's, it's awesome. Okay, I'm going to check that out. But that provides a nice segue into our final part of the final podcast. Don't. Where we're going to talk sad. about the sweatiest players we've played against, the ones who've given us the most headaches on a regular basis, whether they are true 600 coin sweat players. Or just players who have just pwned us over and over again. Yeah. Now, we were talking about Costa. And I'll go first on this list. And Diego Costa, in general, has provided me with a lot of problems on this game. So he's strong enough to fight off some of the biggest centre-backs. And, and fast enough to outpace them a lot of the time as well. So I consistently struggle against Diego Costa. Even if you and I were able to, yeah. to use him to full effect. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I come up against Diego Costa and people seem to know what to do with him. I don't. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does cause me he lots seemed, of trouble. It caused me a conundrum because he's a strong centre-forward. I want to use him as a target man, but his pace warrants using either as a balanced forward or someone who gets in behind. I've seen people use him as, as someone who can break the offside trap. doesn't work for me personally. No, me neither. But uh, yeah. He's ripped me a new one on several occasions. So, fuck you, Diego Costa. Yeah. Thanks very much. Give me Vargas any day. (laughs) Uh, The other one, again, another premiership elite striker, is Sergio Aguero. It's like he's one of these ones I would regard as almost a cheap player, Mm. where they seem to have this intangible attribute whereby if a player comes near them, they just bounce five feet off them. And if you tackle him, he recovers more quickly then he should do and be able to recover a ball even though he's just been crunched by a centre-half before your players can pick up the ball. So you have to tackle him almost two or three times to be able to dispossess him. It annoys the hell out of me. But he's so good, and I love him in real life, so making him difficult is fair enough, but I think he's a little bit OP even for an 87-rated striker. Yeah, I don't know. He's about right, isn't he? Because he's one, of the, he's one of the best strikers around, really. But he's very difficult to defend against because he's got that magic mix in FIFA 15 that makes it broken, pretty much. The yeah. ag- agility, balance, plus speed equals holy fuck. Yeah, you're gonna concede goals. So, uh, yeah, I don't like seeing him come up on any team sheet. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, another one would be Vieto, who started the game as a silver striker at Varial and got more than one upgrade and ended up being a pain in the arse gold card that everyone was using for a while yeah I didn't come across I've not come across him that many times if I'm honest when you consider that Variel have a lot of sweat players like De Santos and Uche yeah and then they threw this guy into the mix as well 
you could pick up for next to nothing once he got the goal upgrade. So quick, so deadly finishing, and widely available. It's just like let's say he's almost as good as Aguero at a fraction of the price. Yeah, he caused some fucking headaches for me. <laughs> no, no, never use him, so I, I couldn't I couldn't so, say anything. I've never come across him. Yeah, he's going. He's now moved to Atletico Madrid in, uh-huh. in real life, so he's going to be much more highly rated and probably a lot more common, commonly seen in FIFA 16. So. Keep your eye out for that one. I'm sure he'll be causing you a few uh, mind fucks yeah. along the way. Thanks for that, Um Next one's a more obvious one. Uh, I.N. Robin. Mm. I always struggle with people who are good with these type of players. Um, I find that if I'm playing against someone who has Cristiano Ronaldo more often than not, they're not very good at the game for some reason. It's people <laughs> just throwing money at it and wanting to get the best team. And I can shut them down, providing I've got a good right fullback. Like a bate. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, I just find him so difficult to play against. Whether it's just because of the left foot factor, and if I show him onto his right foot, I'm opening myself up to a cross, and if I show him onto the left, he's just gonna score a goal more. <laughs> I just find him a puzzle that I haven't managed to crack, unfortunately. His other thing is his dribbling is exceptional. He's got like a he's got like he yeah. dribble hasn't he and he's, he's got such tight control mm-hmm. he's very very hard to dispossess as well yes so once he get once he gets going not only is he very 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 quick and graceful um you can't get them mm. you can't it, actually get the ball off him that easily because yeah. he's got such tight he's one control. of those few players who are so fast that if he just runs in one direction without changing he can't be caught by defenders him like Abameyang, those type of players if you run them in a straight line and don't even use tricks, they will not be caught. No, it's true. Um, yeah, he is a headache, and he's well well worthy of his 91 rating or whatever he is. He's incredible. Yeah, he's a really good, he's a really good card, and he's, any of his upgraded cards are just awesome as well. Go and get him. Yeah, and then the last one for mine, a more widely available player, and I think when FIFA did um, the little advertising campaign on Twitter where they were advertising in-game stats, who'd scored the most goals in FIFA 15 there was Sturridge and then there was Adrian Ramos from Dortmund who for me is basically a cheap Lewandowski he's quick and strong good in the air good on the ground (laughs) it's just a pain in the arse and again you'll get him for 600 coins it's like death cheap cheap death Mm. and an absolute boy now he hasn't had a good season in real life as Dortmund in general have not so whether he'll be downgraded for next season or not remains to be seen. But he, he caused me some problems this time. Whereas in FIFA 14, I had his inform card when he was at uh, Hertha Berlin. He was one of my favourite players to use. Now he's turned into an arch nemesis, yeah. which is a pain in the arse. But yeah, Adrian Ramos. Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Matt, yes. Talk us through your five. Well, my first one is Gio De Santos, which you probably won't be surprised by. He's just very, very good. He's incredibly agile. He's hard to defend against, and he's very, very pacey. So as soon as he gets the ball and he starts running at you, he's, he's scary. He's frightening, Dos Santos. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think he's that fucking good in real life. Like, he's just all of a sudden, he just seems like... He had shit season this year. So yeah. hence why he's buggered off the MLS, but... Now he's causing me headaches in the MLS Cup, so cheers for that. Yeah, and <laughs> so with him, it's just a case of, I just don't think it's a very accurate representation of him. Is he quick and is he agile? I suppose he, I he is, from what I can last remember of him. Yeah, I was surprised that the rating he got this year, to be honest. 
because he's only had like maybe one or two decent seasons in his whole career. Yeah. Uh, you know, he started off semi good at Barcelona, but lost his place to Messi. Moved on to Spurs, didn't play. Mm. Ipswich scored a couple of goals. Um, uh, Galatasaray, I think. I can't even remember. I know. He, I know he went to Villarreal and he's doing all right. Didn't he go somewhere like Racing Santander or Real Betis? One of them. Anyway, mm. he went to another Spanish team. Did quite well, and I've never seen him a few times. He's quite skillful, but. I don't know. It just feels like he's way, way better than he should be in the game. That's the thing that pisses me off about him. Mm-hmm. And my next one is an elite player, but he's somebody I have just loads of trouble coming up against. Is Gareth Bale? Mm. People use him well, just just own with him. Yeah. And again, I think it is probably the same as Robin, right-sided, left-footed. Mm-hmm. He's just monstrous. Yeah, I find with Bale, he's much better as a right midfielder than a right winger because if you can get him running at you from deep. When yeah. he picks up full pace, he's unstoppable. But if you have him just sitting up top waiting for a ball, it takes a second or two to get going and he can be tackled. But once he's running, no one's going to stop him. And, and the devastation off his left foot is unparalleled. So he's actually one of my favourite players to use at the elite level. Uh, but yeah, I can imagine him causing a lot of problems. All I can see is Gareth Bale zigzagging in my mind. That's what I see everybody doing with him. <laughs> he's just so good. I see he's just bing, 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 and then they are scored. My next one is the sweatiest one of them all. He is the sweatiest player who ever lived. Yeah, I know he's changed his position, so it's a little bit different now. But Ibarbo is just nuts. For a 75 rated card, he's so. Un- now, is, yeah. I, I, yeah, so apologies. So. so as a 75 rated striker when you used to see him on a lot more teams um, yeah, I don't see him as a right winger hardly no. ever now Nobody no, because everyone uses him. Candreva in Serie A right? yeah if they don't use a Barbo if they're going to use a Barbo they'll just transfer him to an RF and put him in the centre anyway mm-hmm. he's horrible he's so horrible to play against because he's so strong and he's rubbish in real life he has yeah he's absolutely he's absolutely wank he's the epitome of what a silver striker is someone who isn't doing well in real life but has the attributes to be deadly on FIFA he shouldn't be a 600 coin goal he should be like a 100k silver and no one can have him yeah so with a barber it's just it's that it's that element of he's tossing real life and it's also the fact that he's just so effective like I don't blame anybody for using because you literally could just run through with him and he's got that he's got that Strength fascinating to just make sure that he's great for a beginner. I mean, I don't blame anybody yeah. for using because he's really, really good. When you see someone who's got like a budget silver team and they've got Marco Sau and Ibarbo up front, you're in for a bad time. Yeah, even definitely. if you're a good player. <laughs> even if you're a good player, yeah, I'd agree with that. My next one is the sweatiest one of them all. <laughs> it could be. It is, of course, Dumbia. And, of course, since he's transferred to Rome and gone to Serie A, We've seen a lot more of him in teams because he's easier to put in. And in all fairness, he's just got that lovely magic, again, that agility plus balance plus speed equals just death. Mm. And he's a good finisher and all that as well. He's great to use. I've used him many a time, Dumbia. I I prefer him to Ibarbo to use. Mm. And he's just, he's such fucking hard work because you know that if you're, for example, you're doing well in the game anyway and you're in the 80th minute, they go on ultra-attacking, and if they can get a Doombia in space and get the ball in front of him, he's such hard work to defend against. I do not like to see Doombia at all. Mm. I managed to avoid the temptation of, of using him almost the entire season until the very recent tournament they did where you had to have half Portuguese league, half Russian league, and I still had yeah. my Doombia from CSKA 
I mean, half the body mine. And yeah. he ripped them and you won. Oh, it was so easy. Yeah, I won, it, won the tournament first attempt very convincingly and Doombia has scored a shitload of goals. I don't know if I can live with myself to put him into a Serie A team. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Just, I'd, I'd give it a go. But I used him in that tournament as well because uh, I've still got the CSKA version. Um, yeah, Doombia. He's a good player, but fuck me, I hate coming up against him. Mm. The next one is the sweatiest one of them all. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, are the three sweatiest people you call against. Yeah. It is Daniel Sturridge. Mm-hmm. It fucks me off. Do you know what it fucks me off about him? I'm going to get fucking dead pissed off. toe pokes. No, it's the toe pokes. That, yeah, you're right about that. But it's the fact that people slalom with him, zigzag, zigzag, and he's quite fast and stuff like that. It's the fucking celebration. That makes him the worst one. That fucking dance celebration where he moves his arm like oh, yeah. that, like he's in a fucking advert. And everyone seems to want to do that. It's not cool. It's not funny. And you I, just shoot. I think, to be fair, you just do that celebration by holding down A or X on a PS pad. So it's not like a technical celebration. It doesn't matter, but people do it with Daniel Sturridge. That's the thing that fucks me off about it. So it just makes it worse. They score and they do that stupid celebration. And because the animation is still isn't that great, so mm. getting the emotion right on the players, you can see his stupid fucking face just like staring blankly mm. at the crowd while his arms are wiggling around. And you're just like, well... If you're actually any fucking good at the game, you wouldn't have Daniel Storage, would you? I'll just take Daniel Storage. You could just fuck Well, he's going to get downgraded because he's barely played the last two years, so he won't be quite as bad next yeah. time. But what's worse, getting scored on by Storage and him doing the Storage dance, or Ronaldo giving you the shush? Uh, I don't mind anybody with Ronaldo. Or the, or the calm down, you know. Oh, the calm down. Oh, no, I don't like that one either. No, the, the worst one, trust me, is Storage and the Storage dance. And it's, it's usually one where... They've ran from deep with him, and he's just running in a straight line, and then, oh, they've done a slalom, and then, oh, my goalkeeper's come out, and, oh, just because FIFA 15 goalkeepers feel like when you bring them out, they're just literally going to run to get an ice cream rather than actually deal with the defender in front of them. He just walks past them, just taps it in, and then does a dance. It's just like, I'm not playing, it's just a reminder that I'm playing a game and not a simulation, not something that's... Mm transcends being a video game which this could be because it's got so much emotion and passion yeah. and it represents a sport that's so dear to us all that sums it up for me story just makes it feel like a fucking shitty okay, so C64 just to game. compel your misery yes next season Sturridge yeah Benteke oh <laughs> it's gonna be a Benteke destruction destruction at a very economically friendly price folks oh god <laughs> the thing is though Benteke I mean you can't fault him, I don't think. I think Benteke is good. I, I wish him well. I'm sure that he'll do... <laughs> just not an ultimate. <laughs> yeah, just don't... And I hope he doesn't have a specific celebration. So, I don't know. Whatever. If he scores the first game for Liverpool, he does some kind of stupid dance and it gets incorporated in Ultimate Team, it will ruin my Ultimate Team experience. What if he does it like a Tony Yeboa giving you the finger? Yeah, that, no, that's all right, though, because Tony Yeboa was a, he was a cool, he was a cool cat, wasn't he? Apart from that's probably the only thing he ever did in a Leeds shirt. That's good enough. He scored two of the best goals in membership history in the first week he was in the country. Yeah, it's a good point. And then like disappeared off to somewhere like Frankfurt. Hamburg. Was it Hamburg or Frankfurt? Hamburg, but never think, mind. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, do you know what? We dared say it, had we? Which is, that's it, folks. Is the last goodbye. <laughs> oh, God, we could actually sing, couldn't we? But no, we're not going to subject you to that. No. So I want to thank Matt Metz yet again. 
Yeah. Episode. Uh, this has been the first episode actually we've done sitting next to each other um, yeah, in the same room for the first and maybe the last time. <laughs> yeah, maybe for the last time that we do the podcast. Anyway, um, so yeah, thanks so much for listening to Footstop, making it what it is. Please follow us over at, at Foothead. Um, I'm sure we're going to be doing the same stuff. It's just that we're going to do it with Foothead and get them to bring their expertise to it as well. And as you, I'm sure you can agree, Foothead is the best website to do with FIFA that there is in the whole wide world. So, yeah, I'm uh, loading up Foothead many a times a day to prepare squads, look at people's stats, and now you can go on there and download the new Foothead podcast, which is powered by Footstock. Yes. So. That's it. Goodbye for the last time until we see you at Foothead. Yeah, thanks for supporting us and we look forward to seeing you at Foothead, guys. Enjoy. Really